0: thanks and gratitude to the Lord. Amen. He's so good to us, and as you make your way to Psalm 150 this morning, um, I want to just remind you this being Thanksgiving uh, week, we will not have services uh, on Wednesday, uh, but please, if you can uh, make something, some cookies or something for those that will be working, our first responders and on uh, Thanksgiving Day, please do that. It's been a wonderful ministry as a part of the church for years. Um, It just has a huge impact. So if you can be a part of that, that'd be great. But turn, if you would, to Psalm 150 this morning. And I want to, again, preach on the subject this morning of Thanksgiving. And we find that throughout. Word of God, Thanksgiving is never out of season, amen. Um, We we look forward to this time of year, um, and it is good that we have a day that we have for some time now set aside that we would uh, honor the Lord and be grateful uh, and have a day of Thanksgiving. Uh, But as the Word teaches us, as the people of God, we are to be reminded, and we are through the Word of God often that God is good and to be grateful for uh, and, to, and to cultivate within our lives a spirit of thanksgiving. Uh, so Psalm 150, if you would, let's stand as we honor uh, the reading of God's Word this morning. I will try to be a little more soft-spoken today. Uh, it's the season of uh, allergies, so uh, I pray that I don't get into a, a coughing spell uh, this morning. But Psalm 150, beginning in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament, or heaven. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. And praise Him with string instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing symbols, and let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's pray, Father, thank you for your word, and God, again, as we've gathered today, Lord, cultivate through the Spirit of God within us a heart of gratitude, Lord, we would be transformed inwardly to the people that you've called us to be. We love you, we praise you, and have your way, we ask this morning. In every heart, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. When we think about thanksgiving and our gratitude, we are often drawn to thanksgiving. And yet in the Word of God, so oftentimes, in addition to that, gratitude shows up Praise and worship of the Lord God. If if we were to think about the word praise and how there's this theme through the word of God, we, we could go to so many places where it points out the reality, and certainly in Psalm 150 it does, that God alone, He alone is worthy of our praise and our worship. And that we would understand that it is the will and the purpose and the pleasure of God that we honor Him with praise. We understand as we go through the Word this morning that, that our praise and this attitude of gratitude in our hearts would be something that is to be continuous in nature. And that ultimately at the center, the centerpiece of why we're grateful, how we, why we express praise and honor to the Lord is because of who He is. God commands that not only we as His people and His you know, uh, His children praise Him, but God even commands that nature worship Him. Why? Because He is the Creator. We're told throughout the Word of God that the moon and the stars and that the heavens declare the glory of God. And of course, when we read the Word of God and when you get into Revelation and pra- pra- uh, places like that, you realize what an act. Atmosphere of praise and worship exists in heaven and that the angels are continually praising God and that of all the things, and I, I just, just blows my mind, that of all the things that we do, the one thing that we will always do through eternity is praise God. That is the one thing that we will always do is praise and honor our praise unto the Lord. And so I'm in in you know, growing up, I mean, we looked forward to Thanksgiving as a as a student who did not get out much in my day at school. That was kind of really the first holiday. You got Thursday and Friday off. Oh man, it was great. I mean, from the day I walked into school in September, I was looking forward to November. I was longing for Thanksgiving for a lot of reasons, but one of them being I get a I get two days off. Man, it was awesome. Anyway, uh, it was special. And uh, in our house, you know, we had the three channels back in the day. You know, I'm really dating myself. But uh, you know, we 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 even had these things we called rabbit ears on the television. And and we found out that that if you put aluminum foil on them rabbit ears, you could get you could get less snow and more. Of of that high definition in nineteen seventy something, you know. And and it was amazing because the technology was so great that you could just walk by the TV and it'd be, you know, like, get out the way, man, move. And, and 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 on Thanksgiving morning, you know, you had you had the Macy's Christmas parade thing, on, and uh, I mean. And you would always, after that, and you aid and you fellowship, and you would follow that up with seeing Detroit get beat every year. That was just part of the Thanksgiving plan. Uh, that's changed a little bit, but it was always Detroit getting whipped by somebody. Even the Falcons would beat Detroit uh, in those days. And I mean, but we we looked forward to that, not for those reasons, obviously. I mean, but we we acknowledge that even growing up in in where... Uh, the economy was not what it was now. The the, the amenities and the comforts accru- of life that we have today were not what they, they were. But but we had family and at the end of the day, whether it was church or a, a little bit bigger church that you went to, you understood that God was good. You just understood that. That that God was good and that 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 family was unique and it was special. And, and it was just a special time to know that this is the day we decide to just say thank you, Lord, uh, for how good you've been to us. Thank you for the food on the table and the fellowship that we have. And we just give God the glory. Thanksgiving has been a very special time. And the thing about it is it, it's one of those things that we do in our culture that actually has root in a biblical worldview which is good. The idea of thanksgiving comes from the Word of God, that we are to be grateful and and focused on the fact that God is good. And God is good whether you're living in America today. God is good if you're a Christian in Romania. God is good if you're a Christian in Siberia. And God is good even if you're a Christian in North Korea today. God is always good. That is who He is. And there are Christians all over the world that honor God and praise God daily and faithfully, that, that do not have uh, the blessings that, that, that we have and, and to some extent we take for granted. And it's just a mindset. And, and the psalmist here in Psalm 150, he gives us that that picture, that imagery. And when we think about praise the Lord, it translates to that word uh, hallelujah. You know, that when when we receive good news, the good report, when God answers prayer... Uh, when we say hallelujah, we're saying praise be unto the Lord. That's what we're saying. That's what we're acknowledging that God is good. Now, I want to do a few things this morning. I want to share three things out of Psalm 150, and then we're going to transition to the application of why it's important. Because when God tells us to do something, there's a reason behind it. Amen. God's just not, just, uh, you know, He's not giving us what we call that cheese knowledge that'll help you at trivial pursuit. If you ever play that game, just knowing a bunch of stuff, God doesn't work like that. God gives us information so that we can take that information and it become wisdom in our life, that wisdom in our life and understand discernment so that we know how to use all that God has taught us. And so the psalmist in 150 tells us, first and foremost, in verse 1, that the focus here of our things is the Lord. Notice it says to praise God in His sanctuary and to praise Him in His mighty firmament. Or you could literally say that wherever you're at, whether you're in a designated place like this that we've come together to corporately worship or whether you are walking outside and you acknowledge even in its broken state that our world has been created by God and that in its fallen broken state the the, the heavens and creation shouts, that there is a Creator, and we're to praise Him for that. Paul Paul said that that, and I, I need you to understand, the world that we're living in is broken. I mean, it's broken. It's 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 impaired, and that's why when we go to our favorite place, and and it might be uh, it might be a uh, you're looking out at the sun sparkling over uh, a turquoise uh, sea. It might be the mountains where it's cool and uh, and you see the fall uh, foliage. I mean, you know, uh, if if you've ever ridden that train up there uh, through the Blue Ridge Mountains, or if you if you've ever taken uh, the, that four forty one that winds its way through North Carolina up there, I mean, you can go to so many places and you can just stand back and say, "Wow, God is amazing." And it's broken, it's fallen. And so that just ought to make you wonder in your mind, in your mind's eye, how beautiful heaven must really be. That it's not corrupt in any way. And yet even this side of heaven in its broken state, we see the handiwork of God. And the psalmist reminds us that whether we've gathered together corporately to worship God or whether we're just walking around, we're to honor God with our praise. He is the focus of our thanksgiving. Our lives are to be centered on Him. And the beauty of, according to the psalmist, is that praising God, it assists in moving the focus off of our lives and putting the focus on God. Moving from man-centered to God-centered. So the focus here of our things is to be God. There's a second thing, though, that uh, the psalmist reminds us here, and that is the motivation. The motivation of our things. Now, he, he begins in verse 2 by saying, Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Now there's two things there with respect to motivation. And it's not, this is not a theological brilliant idea. It's, it's just a practical thing. But it is profound in that we are to praise God for who He is and we are to praise God for what He has done. Acknowledging first and foremost that God is God and there is none like him. And 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 if I forget the things that I want, that does not change who God is. God is always God. He's always going to be God. He's never going to change. And as 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 the heavens declare that, we will in the sense that God will never change. He's immovable. He does not change. And we praise God for the fact of who he is. The psalmist says he's excellent in respect to his greatness. But the psalmist also says that we're to praise him for his mighty acts. We're to praise him for his mighty acts. Now, think about this for a minute. We all have needs. Not Not a person walking around on planet Earth doesn't have needs. And, and we could even take that desire or that need and we could break that down a little further and to say that there's not a, a man, a woman, or a child on planet Earth that does not long uh, to be loved, that does not want to be accepted, and does not want to think that their life actually matters, that they have some level of purpose and significance to their life. God made us with dignity. We're created in His image. God does not throw away people, and we should not throw away people either. We should understand that God calls us to give the message to a world that redeems and reconciles people to God. Matter of fact, we're told that we're the ambassadors of Christ, and that's the message that we're to proclaim, that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Heaven cannot be worked to, but it can be... uh, in our, in your life, in my life, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because one that knew no sin became my sin offering, made a way when there was no way. And so that we need to be grateful for what God has done, uh, to, to, to be mindful as we think about our needs and we pray and we seek God and we ask God for things, uh, to write those things down, have a prayer journal, because here's the beautiful thing about that, when God answers prayer, we are reminded, hey, he answered prayer. We move into seasons and circumstances of life that are out of our control. We can look back and we can say, you know what? God has been faithful and God will be faithful. I mean, if someone were to ask you as an unbeliever, I know you believe in God, I know you you talk about the Lord, but could you tell me five things that God has done in your life? Could, could you do that? Now He's done more than that. Abundantly more than that. But, but are there things in your life that 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 you God had to come through with? I, I mean, that you were faithfully trusting. That, God, if if you don't answer this prayer, I am sunk. I mean, God, there is no other way. Desperate for God to move and to show up. Have we had those moments when we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God did this? God did it. And I'm going to praise and honor God for that. And when someone says, well, I'm, I'm not a believer we can say, hey, God is real. God shows up. And as uh, uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, there in verse 20 and 21, He is exceedingly and abundantly. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ask for. God is, His, His arm is not too short. And God never uh, fails with respect to the supply that is needed for our need. And the psalmist reminds that the motivation of our thanksgiving, it rests in who God is and it rests in what God has done. And then the psalmist makes an observation. In verse 3 through verse 6, the psalmist makes the observation here that when we know who God is, He's the center of our focus. And we understand who He is and what He has done. That moves us to express our thanksgiving Now, the psalmist here, he mentions that expressing joy and celebration. There's a, uh, he he kind of ties it to uh, singing. He he ties it to playing an instrument. And I look at these here. And I think the only thing that's listed that I could probably do is in verse five. I could probably crush some cymbals. It uses the word clashing. I could probably crash some cymbals. I could probably make some noise. You know, just just always. You know, I mean, I could probably do that. Uh, don't have to necessarily be on rhythm, but just when there's a good rhythm, just, you just bring that percussion in. And I, I might could do that. Uh, I, might, I might even fool some people into thinking, man, the guy with the cymbals back there, man, he was on it today. I, I mean, it was exciting, you know. Uh, I, I went to a concert one time because my, my nephew was there, and uh, found out that, you know, when I think of, like, percussion, I, I'm thinking of, like, Concussion. I'm thinking about you're your beating the drum so loud I can feel it. But, but part of that also in that category is the triangle. You know what I'm talking about? The triangle. The, the thing in the western movies that they tell you dinner's done with. That's a thing. That's like an instrument. And I went to see a Christmas concert that my nephew was in because he was like, he told me he was the drummer. And I show up and he's got a triangle. He's got a stick and a triangle. And you know I was like, man, you were tearing up the triangle tonight, man. Let me tell you. I mean, I mean that 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 ting. I mean, I heard it, man. It made the show, brother. Let me tell you. It just wasn't the same, but but, but when they were really getting in the jingle bells, and you hit that ting. I mean, it it brought it to another level. It was phenomenal. Uh, I can't understand why he didn't continue on. But anyway. Um, the psalmist says that we ought to praise him with instruments, and that we that we ought to celebrate with with this. He, he uses this method as a way of thanksgiving. Now, look, I know we all can't necessarily uh, play an instrument. Uh, s- some of us, uh, you know, we could we we can sing together, but we would you know sing a solo because we would think, well, uh, I'm not carrying that tune enough to put myself up there and that or something like that. But but let's also be reminded that the psalmist over there in 103, he says that let everything within me, praise the Lord. Let everything within me praise the Lord. Let, bless the Lord, my soul, and all that is within me. Let, let me praise the Lord. In other words, the psalmist concludes with a very simple but a profound point that grateful people, people who have an attitude of gratitude and God is at the center of their express their thanksgiving unto the Lord in some way. It may not, it may not be with clashing symbols. It may not be with the lute and the harp, but it's with something. When we love God, it shows up. Amen. It, I, I, not only does it show up, but it shows it shows out. It shows out of us that we are truly grateful people. Now, having said that, let's transition here to a couple of real application aspects of this, practical application here. Because again, we're not just going to know this for the sake of knowing it. You know, we're not just going to know this because it's Thanksgiving and we're going to show up on Thursday, and you know, Grandmama's going to ask you, Well, what are you thankful for? And you're going to start rehearsing what you learned on Sunday. It's more than that. All right? There's a reason here, the psalmist tells us, that we're to praise God to So let's go to a passage of Scripture. Go over here to the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. And and just as uh, in Ephesians there in chapter 3 a little earlier, we talked about 20 and 21, you know, Paul, he kind of uses this formula in his writings. He says, uh, I'm going to spend some time telling you what you should think, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the letter telling you, now that you think that, how it ought to change what you do and show up with what you do. And he, he uses that a lot in his writings, not all of them, but a lot of them. And in Thessalonians, he kind of uses that same pattern as well. And, and so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in the latter part of that letter, he's given some application here. So, so think about the fact that God is exceedingly and abundantly, you know, he's capable. He's able to do exceedingly more than we could ever ask or hope for. In light of knowing that, Paul's going to tell us here in, in, verse, uh, in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, in verse 16 shows you know you believe that God is that God this is how I know that you believe he's an excellent God he's mighty in his greatness and there's nothing that he cannot do because he says in verse 16 he says to rejoice always pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks for this, thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you in other words Paul is simply telling us that when we do this, we understand that we are to pray always. Uh, we, are, we, are to, we are to be rejoicing. We are to, we are to pray uh, constantly. And, and in every circumstance, in every circumstance, we are to honor God with praise. In every circumstance. Now, folks, that covers the good, the bad, and the ugly. It covers all of that, every circumstance. Why? Why does he tell us to do that? Because this is the work out of gratitude in our hearts, and it does two profound things for the believer. The first thing it does is that it creates this grateful spirit, and that grateful spirit drives a spike into pride in our life. See, gratitude, humility... Thanksgiving in our lives slays our pride. Well, what is pride? Pride is our dependence upon ourselves rather than our dependence upon God. Now listen, we, we live in a world of, of, of performance, okay? And, and when, I, when I'm talking about pride... I'm not I'm not telling you that you should not do a good job. And I, I I hate the fact that I even have to qualify that, but we live in a world that has just lost its mind, so I'll say it. Uh, that's, that's not what we're talking. Pride saying, you know, I was proud of my kids that they brought home the A's and not the, the goose eggs. I, I mean, yeah, you should be proud of that. That's not what we're talking about. Pride, as it relates to the Word of God, pride is a sin that that tells us God is not important or that God is not the most important and I'm the most important. That's what pride is. And pride shows up in a lot of ways. Pride affects our attitude and pride certainly affects our actions. Now, again, we live in a world of performance. I mean, my goodness, man, you know, you just pick your sport. You, you, want, you want to cheer for a winner. I mean, Vince Lombardi famously said, America loves a winner and will not tolerate a loser. You know, it's in our culture. You ought to do your best, no doubt about it. But, but, pride in itself, a sin, a problem, takes the attention off of God and puts the attention on us. It takes our dependency away from God Excuse me. And it puts our dependency. And I'll tell you what it does, it robs us. No matter how good you are, no matter how much you know, and no matter how how much success that you've had, you don't know everything. And there's coming a day when that's going to show up in real time in your life. And what are you going to do? You're going to look around to a bunch of people that are just like you and that the only place they can go to is the well of life experience in their life? Look, look at that on the, on the, uh, the grand scale of, of, of government and how it operates. Who do they consult, folks? I mean, we're not, we're not calling 535 people into chamber prayer meeting to seek the wisdom of God and you know why we don't do that because they think they know everything that's what pride does pride makes you think you got the solution gratitude putting God on the proper throne in our lives helps us understand that we don't know everything and it drives a nail in pride in our life Because I'm telling you There's coming a point Where all of your self-sufficiency Is going to leave you abandoned It won't be enough It will not be enough You got to have more Than just your life experiences And according to Isaiah Pride robs us of willingness To consult the thoughts and ways of God The same Bible that tells us that Also tells us that there's wisdom found in the multitude of counsel. But I would submit to you that when the Bible tells you that, the counsel it is referring to is godly counsel. It's not it's not looking up your best head talk on whatever subject matter you're struggling with. Is there a place for that? Sure. But does it, but but does it trump the wisdom of the king of glory? No. Never has, and it never will. You're going to need more at some point. Pride keeps you from humbling yourself and tapping into the the unrelenting love and, and, and the almighty nature of God. Gratitude, personal declaration, dependence on God for every aspect of life second application here is not only does it slay pride but finally it does something else a grateful spirit it orders the actions of our lives in other words as the psalmist says it affects what you do and not just in the area of praise because that's what the psalmist is he's talking about cultivating the spirit what 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 Paul and others are saying in first and in those New Testament writings is that a grateful spirit not only does it cultivate spiritually speaking the attitude of gratitude but it does something to alter the actions of our lives. Colossians 3.17 And whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus thanks to God the Father through Him. Scripture teaches an orientation toward giving thanks in all things. And in doing that, it shapes the way we see life and show it shapes the way we live life. The Bible even uses the analogy of how when we are unstable in our understanding of things, we're the person, we're double-minded. We're the person that looks in the mirror and when we walk away, we have no idea what we just saw. We're not grounded in anything. A grateful spirit orders the actions of our lives. Jesus demonstrated this over there in John 13, other parts of the New Testament the Gospels when he washed the feet of the disciples. He demonstrated humility and the act of a servant and he told them this, A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do Humbling ourselves, a great spirit, changes what we do. We got got weather apps, weather maps. I mean, you know, you name it. Uh, You got a phone, it'll tell you what the weather's going to be. It's useful, but, you know, it's not accurate out beyond like half a day you know, maybe a day at the most, right? And the reason why is because of this little thing they call metric pressure. And we understand that, you know, hurricanes, right? The lower the atmospheric pressure, the bigger problem you got. If that, if that starts rising, then the hurricane's going to start down because it's a massive pressure system. So if the pressure is rising, it tells people that this we can use this to kind of indicate what's happening. The storm is not strengthening, but it's going to diminish. And so the barometric pressure, which is which is a way to measure the, the the pressure in the atmosphere, it has a, a direct uh, link to the type of weather pattern that we are about to have. So it is with a heart of gratitude. It is an indicator people who live lives of gratitude, that spirit of gratitude exerts pressure in their life. It exerts pressure in their life and it affects the way that they view themselves It's the way we view ourselves. And therefore, it affects the way that we treat every single body else and it affects the way that we honor God with our lips and with our actions. It changes everything. I'll close with this. Because there's a lot of examples you can give to people that expressed thanksgiving. I mean, you can think, obviously, about Jesus. Jesus on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, what's he acknowledging? He's acknowledging they don't understand, but I do. And I'm here to fulfill the will. And I'm here to to make it possible for, for you, Lord, to be reconciled to your creation. An act of humility. What an act of gratitude. But as we roll down with Thursday, we're acknowledging in our history that took place a Thanksgiving meal. And it's amazing that as they gathered around that table in 1621, half of them had died the previous year. Of the hundred or so that got off of that, that ship, there were there were only about fifty that made it to that first. Thanksgiving. And yet, what were they saying? Thank you, Lord. You're good. And you've provided. And from a table of 50 and of, about 90 or so uh, Indians that gathered on that day, we have a nation because of that. That's something to be grateful for. That's something to be thankful for. That in the circumstance of meager rationings, limited amounts of food, limited amount of resources, no idea what they were dealing with, in the midst of the circumstance, they rejoiced always because it was the will of God. And it's a choice. Let us have hearts of gratitude, spirits that praise and worship God. And may that mindset offer what we do for the glory of God. Let's pray. (coughs) Father, thank you for your goodness to us today. Stand here in the pulpit today and I look around. I see faces of people where you've answered prayer. I just give you the glory for it, God. What an encouragement to me to realize that you're, you're a God that does more than hear, you're a God that acts, that you are faithful. That your supply will never end. Oh God, help us to acknowledge that today, to praise you for that, to live lives worthy of our calling. God, have your way in every heart today. We pray in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, listen.